Hey there, and welcome to the In With The Outsiders podcast. I'm Carmen Murray, and I'm thrilled to be taking you on a journey of discovery, exploration, and transformation. What sets outsiders apart is our willingness to question everything, to challenge the status quo, and to embrace our inner rebels and underdogs. We are not afraid to be different, to stand up from the crowd, and to celebrate the things that makes us unique. In this podcast, we're going to be diving deep into meaningful conversations with some truly incredible people. From activists and change makers to entrepreneurs and thought leaders, each episode will be packed with insights, inspiration and practical advice for everyone looking to expand their minds, challenge their assumptions and make a positive impact on the world. For me, this podcast is all about celebrating our differences and recognizing just how special and unique we all are. By looking beyond the things that divide us and focusing on the things that unite us, we can build stronger, more compassionate communities and create a better, more just world for all. So if you're ready to embrace your inner outsider, to challenge the status quo and to learn and grow through curiosity, then you're in the right place. Let's do it. Own your difference. I'm Carmen Murray and this is The In with The Outsiders. Hi everyone. Welcome to the end with the outsiders. Today I'm going to talk to Shay Janoski. Now Shay Janoski is actually my Reiki practitioner or Reiki master. She's a medicine woman and she holds sacred spaces, but she's also very, very passionate about energy. For those of you who know me, I'm all about um, energy and I'm a very energetic and bubbly person, but at the same time, I'm also an empath. So I sometimes need a person like um, Shay to actually keep me grounded at times. Now, today, one of the topics that I really want to unpack is this conversation about spiritual awakening. So I started noticing this since last year, and I've really taken quite a big interest in the movement that's happening. It's almost like this underground movement. What I've also noticed is almost like this by word of mouth culture where people are not doing research online about spiritual awakening, but more doing this meditation statistics, right? From various sources claim that 200 to 500 million people meditate globally now. That is a lot of people. Now that is connecting Mm. with yourself and your higher self. More importantly, between the ages of 45 and 64, are more renowned for doing meditation. Women are twice as likely to meditate as opposed to men. And everything is interconnected. And there's a reason for this. And every all this data that I've, I've shared with you, is almost like there's this post-truth era happening. It's like everybody's waking up. And it's like there's two different Wi-Fi's. We have this Wi-Fi that's connected to to something spiritual and then this this Wi-Fi online and this is almost like the unconscious mind or the subconscious is reacting online which is making people even more depressed Mm -hmm. but there's something else also happening in between this there's almost like shimmerings of light it's almost like highlighter on your cheek you know (laughs) like internet is having highlighter on the cheek definitely so I wanted to to open up this conversation first of all is as a practitioner of, of Reiki and of energy, what are you seeing on a day-to-day basis? And just talk us through Reiki 
as such and how does it complement what's happening currently? So Reiki is an ancient Japanese therapy and what it basically does, it works within the energetic field or your etheric body, which is like five centimeters from your physical body. And what that is, that is an energy field that we have. And what happens is when we experience trauma or dis-ease or discomfort within our physical life, that energy gets stagnant and sits uh, within this energetic field. And what a Reiki practitioner will do is then shift and manipulate that energy and just shifting it and releasing it from being dark and transmuting it to light and allowing the physical body to move into a space of clarity, of stillness, of more peace. And that assists with depression, with anxiety, uh, like decluttering your mind and really just coming to a space of stillness and having a point of view of creating from a light perspective opposed to that heaviness and Mm. that weighted space. So Reiki is a beautiful, it's the easiest modality when you're entering into the healing space for me. And that's how I started with this. It's just like it popped up into my head one day. Someone spoke about Reiki. I was like, there's no way that you can, that this works, right? I was like, they need to go into their religious perspective and pray and do something different, right? And I, people that were going to Reiki and playing in crystals, I was like, no, you need to come with me on a Sunday and things will, will be different. And one morning I just decided to book a Reiki session and I went for Reiki and being in the space was just like a stillness that I couldn't describe. And it intrigued me and that's where I started going more and more for Reiki and I felt called to actually start learning about this ancient wisdom and this technology in order to help people come into space of stillness and peace. And because it gave me that, I felt that I want to share this magic with people too, this way of healing. With my clients at the moment or over the past three years is I've, I think that this awakening, the spiritual awakening that is happening is that there is a rapid shift in consciousness. There Mm -hmm. is a change and there's a big call for us to act and move differently. And in a way, I'm not going to say what's right, but in a way that's more in alignment with our true selves Mm -hmm. and with the collective of humanity, knowing that we're not just doing things for ourselves, but if we're doing it for ourselves with the collective in mind, then we are creating a bigger movement, not just for yourself up for everybody else and I think this obviously happened during the year of COVID 2020 Mm -hmm. and I I always say that subconsciously we all needed 2020 to happen regardless of the pain and trauma it might have brought but we all needed to have that wake-up call like to really just pause and there was a time where the whole world needed to be indoors and it was like for those first 21 days and you go crazy because you with your partner you with your kids you're away from work you really just need to be with yourself and many of us don't know what it's like to be with ourselves or even enjoy being with ourselves because when we come to a space of stillness all the thoughts that we have suppressed or feelings or stories or past programming starts coming up to the surface mm. and we don't want to acknowledge this but we were forced to actually just be within and stay within our homes and start reevaluating. So I think that with um, with COVID happening, it was the dark night, uh, the entry into the dark yes. night of the soul. A lot of people were suicidal. It was a dark space. People lost their jobs. There were divorces. You know, there was a lot of things where there were things being split, but a lot of people also came together in that mm. space where they were reconnected. But it was then where people started really questioning who they are and what they're doing. So a lot of people during COVID, you were either instilled with more fear of the narrative that was going through mainstream media and what was happening around because we never knew what was true or not true, right? Mm. But you were either in more in fear or you really flipped a 180 degree and you shifted things astronomically for yourself, seeing that the betterment of your life and knowing that if this is the end, then what would I like to create for myself and for the world? 
So when we come into the space of spiritual awakening, I think that it's always been happening for many years, like eons. But what's happened is it's trending. More and more people are talking about it. people that play in Wicca, that are playing with energy work, that are sitting in psychedelic experiences. More and more people are talking about it. And many years ago, it was really on a lowdown. It was very hush. It was very secret because it was taboo. And people looked at people that were doing it mm. as if there was something wrong with them or that they were crazy. But now there is more freedom for expression because now what we've realized is all these healing modalities are actually helping people. And we're seeing people come to a positive way of being, of acting and of living. And they share that with people. So the movement that's being created is where people are feeling lighter and more in love with themselves and more in love with their life and creating the life that they want to live. And it's not shut down. I mean, there are still some people that don't believe in it. They don't feel that it's comfortable. But I think those are people that might be programmed or maybe their lives the way their lives are working makes sense for them but if it does then it's not to judge the other that is moving into a different evolution but we do see this more and more where the spiritual awakening is happening i don't refer to the awakening i call it the remembering remembering who we mm, truly are remembering our essence because the awakening when people are asleep we will look down and be like <clears throat> you need to wake up you need to but imagine someone sleeping in their bed and they're having the most beautiful dream and the dream is that it has to be black and white and it has to be this way and you go and you shake somebody like you need to wake up you wake them up from a dream and they're so upset because if someone wakes me up from a good dream where I don't see that anything's wrong with it I don't feel like I want to participate with you mm. but when you say that we're all just remembering and we're remembering at our own time it's not that you need to wake up because there was a time where we were like people have to wake up I'm like everything's on time exactly the way it needs to happen there aren't any mistakes around it so we move into the space of awakening it's more of a remembering remembering our ancient wisdom our ancient ways you know where you talk about social media having the social anxiety like technology has been incredible but it also has been dark Mm. It has made people feel less than what they are or have because social media points one point of view of something Mm. it's it's Smoke and mirrors, you don't really know everything that's really happening, but they project this way of living or being or feeling or seeing, even with the spiritual communities that you need to look or act a certain way in order to know that there is evolution or growth within yourself. But not everything is true and not everything is true for each individual. Everyone is having their own human experience in this world and there's no right way or one pathway. And with this awakening happening, people are, even when you spoke about that, people are talking hush-hush to one another opposed to searching online. I think that online is amazing to look for information and it's cool to have people share their magic or their medicine or whatever their offerings are. But there are many people that will still look the part but not have the experience or the knowledge or the understanding of taking people through this energetic work. Mm. And as much as like Reiki might be subtle is that is whoever is holding that space for you is do they have the knowledge, the wisdom, and the expertise and have they also done their own um, shadow work where that of the dark night yeah. of the soul comes in like do are they working with integrity or are they jumping on the bandwagon in order to hold space because it's trending the dark night of the soul I believe is a time in your life where you question every single thing where you question mm. your existence you ex- question the purpose of living why we exist why do we need to be here why do we need to have a job why do we get married why do we have kids what's my reason for being in the world and what happens or leads up to that is de- it could be depression there's so many different things that lead up to that you could have a near-death experience you could have a loved one that has passed over your relationships could be mm. falling apart um, you just it gets to to a point where you question 
the human experience, your existence, you question why you want to live. Many people feel very suicidal around the dark night of the soul. I know that when all of this started happening with me was I was going through the craziest dark night of the soul. I had worked for a company for 10 years. It was amazing. But I left because I felt that it was a dead end space, even though everything was working out for me. My son was 10 years old at the time as well. My parents were going through a separation. I had broken up with my boyfriend of, of seven years. Um, I started seeing someone else. He had cheated. It was just like a combination mm. of so much pain and trauma where I was like, then what's the reason for living if there's so much betrayal and hurt? And am I where I'm meant to be? Was I meant to be a young mom? Was I meant to be working for the company? Why did I have the parents that I have? You know, why did, why was everything that a question if there was wise to everything and I was seeking answers and it was a space for seven months where I did not like who I was what I looked like where I was living where I was working and I just came to a point where I was like I don't want to live in this world and I went out I wanted to commit suicide and that was the dark my dark night of the soul that lasted for a good seven months where I contemplated how I was going to commit suicide and I needed to go to church to ask God to forgive me before I do that so that I don't go to hell right so that's what I I, I decided to do and I'm going into church um was beneficial for a time, but I also felt that the church betrayed me and I needed to find other ways of having forgiveness so that I don't go to hell. And I ended up seeing um, a life coach. And from this, this is how why I started beca- learning to be a life coach. And one day I sat with her in the room and she told me, she's like, you, you're going through a depression. And that was our first session. Our second session, as we're sitting, and I said, there's more to life than what there actually is. And as I said this, everything in the room disappeared and we're sitting midair. And she was like, you're going to help the collective understand who they are. And what I see is many people that go through the dark nights of the soul is where they come to me and they say they don't have a zest for life. They love mm. nature. They love their jobs. They know why they chose what they're doing, but they don't want to live like they can't taste their food. They don't feel any excitement or any joy for waking up. They feel sure. depleted. So even though they are well nourished and they're doing what they've always done, they followed their routine, they followed their own prayer practice, they came to a point where they couldn't understand what the meaning of life was for them, what they human existence meant for the world why couldn't they just leave right so a lot of people going through questioning where they are what they're doing how they're reevaluating, and i think that is what's happening is like when we look look from 2020 and COVID happening everybody had to pause Mm -hmm. and this goes for like our teenagers up until you're 60 70 year olds you see people from 60 65 that have also moved into the spiritual movement because of COVID, where we all started moving through this dark night of the soul the dark night of the soul seems like a path into initiation it seems Mm -hmm. like um the dark night, I think the dark, it's called the dark night of the soul because it's there where you, you'll know that you create your own light. Because when you can know, you only know light when you're really in the dark. And it's in this low vibrational space of being, the state of being, where you can't see a way through is where that you, it starts tugging, your spirit starts tugging, your soul starts tugging at you to guide you in a different way in order for you to change the way that you're living. And I think when we have anxiety or depression is mm. that, or even when we feel suicidal, it's like our body saying to us that I don't like the way that we're moving, but because we've been conditioned by the mind, the body knows what it needs to do. But the heart is saying like something isn't okay. And that's where we have the depression. We have the, the, the panic attacks is that we're moving in a way that truly isn't in alignment with us. And we three part beings, we mind, body, spirit, but we very connected to the mind and to the body 
but not so much with the spirit. And that's this evolution that's coming. It's like, okay, but who are you truly? Not what your mom's asked you to be, not society, not um, the world, but like, who are you? And a lot of people then start moving through the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul can be from three weeks up until three years. I think it would be just questioning your beliefs, questioning... um the way why you do it's the why you know it's same way you're going through the dark night of the soul is like where you 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 have sometimes you can have out of body experiences right you can feel certain things you can feel something's different and you would consult with someone like myself or someone within this this field is that you start questioning why there are certain changes within your workspace, your home space, your space of being married where you no longer want to be married to your partner, where things start changing, the things that you thought you liked, you no more enjoy, no longer enjoy, you no more want to be a part of. So things start changing within you and you can't articulate why it is or why it started or what it is that you need to do. And you start changing. And what happens is about spirituality is that you don't need to go looking for it. It starts popping and dropping. And you'll hear a message, someone on Instagram that you happen to go onto Instagram that day and you hear something that you needed to hear. Or you go to the coffee shop and the barista make a match just say something to you. I think it's just like with spirituality and the spiritual awakening, it's so much bigger than us. You know, like you have all these subtle messages that drop through. It can be dreams. It can be um, reading something in a book that just sparks something where you know what the next step is. I think every person's experience is so personal. No one's experience mm. is the same. How you've moved into your awakening and how you have connected to everything that is, is different to how I have and everybody else. There is no one way to do mm. this or how to connect but there is a calling or a stirring within the heart and the body that you know something needs to change not necessarily that it's wrong but you no longer enjoy the way that you're living your life 100 percent. i mean like you know i think that the biggest the be- biggest lesson that i'm also learning um through this conversation is this whole idea of this onboarding process of of your <laughs> of your spiritual being a human being having a spiritual mm. experience and and truly now saying okay right i'm human but there's there's a play within the play within the play within my life i'm not just here to work and earn money mm. and eat and drink and and you know socialize and then complain mm. the, the rat race is, is is really getting to people um and it's a, it's almost like a hangover it's like a hangover of notes and i think it's going to get worse before it's going to get better from what i'm seeing mm. Um, I do think there's a collective journey. Mm. Um, uh, what dark nights of the mm. soul, the onboarding process, it's almost like this rise of, of light workers mm. and this rise of a variety of, of people that are there to help, whether it's, um, even psychologists and psychiatrists and whether it's a, a Reiki master or it's a medicine person. And we're going to talk about this in the next one. This one topic I'm very <laughs> intrigued by. I'm like watching all of these and I really want to interview people about this whole psychedelic experience, which we're going to talk about. No, nothing about it. It's ve- like, I, I can't even spell some of the things and say some of the things that's mentioned there. But anyway, I digress. But what I wanted to to really ask you also is another thing that I've noticed um, watching the community. Now, you have to remember this is I've been doing netnography probably for five, six hours a day for the past seven months. So I've got a list of things sure. that I've started picking up in the mm-hmm. subcultures. 
And I have also noticed that there's this element of confusion on this onboarding process where people think that they just have to be kind and they have to convert. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Those two things. And then I see the other people that are more developed. <laughs> it's very funny to watch. Bollocking the other people and saying, mm. you, you have to be assertive, but you don't have to be kind. You mm. have to state your ground. You're allowed to get angry. You're mm. allowed to, you know, be upset when you see something. And people have very different opinions on this thing. What is your view? Because you've seen people in different stages going through this journey. Yeah. Um, so, so my qualms, I think that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Opposed to being human having the spiritual experience. Oh, I said it right? the wrong way. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought maybe that's the way you view it. No, oh, I just no it's my dyslexic no. mind. You no, see that perfect. also. Okay, yeah. I'm dyslexic, so I do change my words. Yeah, around, no, I do. I mean. Yeah, you no, know, of course. It's just, so it's also to be kind to yourself as the human having the experience. With the onboard staging, I think, so some people don't necessarily go through that dark night of soul or through that like long trench of initiation before they become this psychic um, tarot reader or um, a, a medium, right? Some people just get the gifts or are in tune with the gifts. And people will believe it's from past lives that they've had and they've been a psychic in their past lives, right? And that's another topic, you know, mm -hmm. on its own. But I think that like, you know, I personally think that when you are facilitating holding space, whether it is um, the Reiki, whether it is bars, whether it is a life coach, it really is like for you to, or to know that that person have, has gone through the depths of themselves and their own darkness and their own shadows and have loved and honored those parts and worked through it in order for you to hold spaces for other people. Right. So it is like, I also see it where it's like people are like, you know, it's just love and light. It's not love and light. But love and light is beautiful. But there is the opposite of it that we need to, to it's be aware of. It's a thin of. line. Yeah. It is a very thin line. So it is like where you say people are like, you just have to be kind in this space. It is to have a beautiful heart, but it's not to have just a beautiful heart, an open heart, a loving, unconditional loving heart for the love and light. It's to have it for the dark. It is to witness and see darkness that is happening or someone that has raped someone and still hold that space to know that they didn't mm. know better, right? So it really is to move into that, like how deeper, how deep have you gone within yourself and initiated within your own way of being in order to hold these spaces for people. So the onboarding staging, I think it is just, it's you against you, like to work with integrity, not to go and play the shaman or play that you are the psychic or that you are able to be a light worker. Many people talk about light work, light workers and they have the terminology. I think I've disassociated from terminology. I look and feel into what it is that you're mm. saying and how you treat people, how you treat yourself, how vulnerable and honest you are, you know, in what it is that you're doing. And that is it. So, I mean, you can be something within a year because you would have had an astronomical shift. Maybe you did have a near-death experience and that like really just shook your life through to a full 180. And maybe some people need seven years of working and doing the work and understanding because maybe they don't want to go into the space to hold spaces for people until they actually are aware of what it is. Because some people can go into psychosis in certain experiences, right? What if do you mean by psychosis? So if you are being a life coach and you're taking someone through regression because you've heard that regression is a very um, super beneficial for you to move past trauma. And if someone goes into a traumatic experience with regression, you're taking them back into that present moment of where they've had mm. that traumatic experience. And if you can't calm your client or your patient down and letting them know that that is just a story and it's not really helping now, they can move then into psychosis because they haven't been able to be facilitated with someone who holds the container in order to bring them back into this present moment. You know, it's a very interesting thing. I once went, um, now that you mention it, it's actually brought back a memory. I once went to a, it was a training session on presenting or something like mm -hmm. that. It was something very odd. 
And then there was all of a sudden this tapping thing. EFT tapping. And I was like, hell? But then I was like, I don't know if this is a safe thing. or I don't know if this is something that I want to do with these people. Um, It just didn't feel right Mm. to me at that moment in time. And I also felt, you know, people were having drinks and... I, I, it just didn't feel right to me. And it's a very sacred thing. And I didn't know anything about tapping at that moment's time. It's just how it felt to me mm. in that moment. And, um, the danger of playing with things that you don't understand is immediately what came through because, you know, um, I, I am a believer, you know, I'm of negative energy. If you remove it, you have to replace it with positive energy. If you are going to go back to dark places, you have to, you, you can't leave a person there. I mean, I attended a, a global conference. Um, there was a lot of people there. I'm um, 20 to 40,000 people at this conference. It was massive. And there was also something similar happening. And I feel it gets very scary also when you're doing it virtually because you don't know if that person is fully participating and maybe just picking up the phone at a moment or where they're supposed to come back. You know, you don't know. You can't control 40,000 or 30,000 people. And that freaks me out is holding space is a sacred thing. It's Hmm. not something you just do you you got to know what you're in for. Definitely, definitely. And, and yeah, you have to see, and this is like the downfall on spirituality. There is no board. You know, there is no one that you can report to. So you, in psychology, you have a board saying like, the psychologist is moving integrity. <laughs> they tried to date me after, and I don't think that's an alignment. It's breaking policy. With spirituality, you don't have yeah. that, right? So there's no one to report or ban or block someone from Oof. practicing. So it is a very tricky game. It is scary, but it is what it is for now, right? And and we just need to, it's exactly where you said to me that when they were doing the tapping, you felt that this wasn't right. And hopefully more, your listeners, everybody that's in this conversation is to, to listen to their bodies to listen to the intuition does this feel good for me or not and Mm. when you feel that you want to do something and you're intrigued do more research listen to reviews listen to testimonials like whoever it is that you want to go to like how have you heard about them is it word of mouth have people that you know have gone to them so it is like there are people that hold space that don't have the understanding and don't have the capacity in order to walk with you the full mile for whatever it is that you might go through Mm. And that's just because it's trending and they want to have purpose and, and seem like they are doing something great for the good. And there's a, there's a lot of good intents. I mean, I think we all, awakens or not, want to make the world a better place. Mm. I think we're all seeing things for what it is and going, what's my part? That's why the inward journey is starting mm. to to happen. I just think when I see the pop culture of part of it, mm. it's it's not a trend it's a lifestyle. It's a way of being. Mm. And I, I think that that to me is, is something that I, I've noticed. And I think this awakening or whatever, who, what you want to call it, the enlightenment, uh, you know, your age of reckoning, your age of reasoning. I mean, it's happened in the 1600s and, it mm. will, and it's, it's, it's happened and it's evolved and it evolves all the time. And, you know, I'm not speaking to an audience that I need to convert. If you, you believe, you believe. If you don't believe, then, you know, that's also, mm. that's, that's not my journey to convince people. I just think that when we look at, at, at the bigger picture and look at life on the outside lens mm. and, and looking at society at large, we just need to also be aware of, you know, in this chaos, the only 
if you can be the needle in the in the hurricane and yeah. you can just be fortified in your own intuition, your own strength, your own wisdom, your own knowledge and just be grounded all the time, that will get you somewhere. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I agree. I agree so much. This was such an amazing conversation. <laughs> um, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to do another interview. So this next episode, we are going to talk about how to prepare for your psychedelic experience. Now, this topic has taken storm online, and this is a different way of how people are accessing their self um, and how they are accessing their spiritual gifts, but also how people are remembering. Mm. And I think that that is something um, worth looking at and to also to, to see that, you know, when you are going to plan doing do an experience, I'm not here to tell you yes or no or what that would look like for you, but we'll learn more. I think it's more importantly that if you decide to do it, that you do it the right way. Cheers.